Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Thursday. I needed off day for the Braves after dropping two or three games in Philadelphia, but thankfully the Braves will return home to Atlanta tomorrow night to face the Diamondbacks over the weekend, and then of course to face the Phillies once again in a short home stretch before the Braves then head out for a very important four-game series against the Mets next weekend. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Road to Atlanta podcast, the Battery Power podcast, the new podcast with Stephen Tolbert and Chris Willis, all of that great podcast content at BatteryPower.com, at Battery Power SBN across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, that's where we will be for free. Just make sure you hit that subscribe button to get all the latest content. My name's Sean Coleman. You again can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. I have one wish and one wish only for the Braves. I haven't looked at the schedule yet. And I know with Sunday games, this isn't possible. But my one wish is that the Braves stop having series finales and day games at the same time. Stop having day games that also happen to be series finales. Yes, it is wonderful that the Braves have arguably been the best team in baseball for the past two months, or over two months. But it is also so frustrating to see that the Braves struggle. They've, they've had their Sunday struggles. They've had their day game struggles. They've had their series finale struggles, especially over the past month. It's just, it's it's hard to explain. It, it really, really is. And unfortunately, they ran into it again. On Wednesday, it was unfortunately a, a very bad fifth inning that started off with errors by Charlie Morton and then an error by Robinson Cano, and then the Phillies just were able to get timely hits, and before you knew it, everything had unraveled, and Philadelphia was looking at a 5-0 lead. They eventually won 7-2. Now, you look at Charlie Morton's start, and, and it's definitely not, definitely has not been as good as he recently has been, but for the first four innings, Charlie Morton seemed to be in full control, but it just seemed as if those two errors to start the fifth kind of rattled him a bit, and he just could not make the pitch that he needed to to avoid the big inning, and he wound up lasting only five innings, giving up five earned runs, unfortunately resulting in the loss 
for the Braves. And the Braves' offense itself once again struggled, though Matt Olson, you know, looked good. Eddie Rosario has now had multiple hit games, you know, two games in a row. There's a bit of some bright spots, but but overall, the Braves' offense once again, it just, you know, it seems like since Sunday over the past four games, despite, you know, Tuesday's game, in three of the past four games, the Braves have absolutely struggled when it comes to offense. If the home run or extra base hit has not been there to provide the offense, you know, the Braves have not been able to create and convert scoring opportunities. We talked about it earlier this week. Unfortunately, it showed up once again in Wednesday's game. Now, the Braves went with a, you know, a bit of a getaway lineup. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. out of the lineup, William Contreras getting the start at catcher. So, you know, it, when it comes to Atlanta, you're going to have games like this. You're going to have stretches like this. You know, now the Braves find themselves um, three games. Actually, the Braves, over the past three days, have gone from having a chance to take the division lead on Sunday to now they find themselves three games behind the Mets. So it's it's been a pretty dramatic shift in a short amount of time. The Mets getting a bit of a cushion in the NL East. Of course, that can be made up in no time, especially with the you know nine times that both teams face each other in the month of August. But a few other observations. Robinson Cano, you know, the, the approach by the Braves, the approach to see if something was still there from, you know, the fact that he had shown a little bit of pop of his in his bat in the minor leagues, you know, for a short stretch with the Padres, it's just not there. It, 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 it's pretty clear, you know, I, I, I get it. I applaud the Braves for trying to, you know, get, you know, something that costs nothing to basically see if Robinson Cano still had anything left, but there's just not a lot of value. He's not offering any type of value at the plate. He definitely does not seem to be of any type of value in the field. There's really not any type of value that is there. And as we'll discuss in a moment, in my opinion, a utility-type infielder that also could, you know, help the bench offense a bit as well, that definitely could be something the Braves could look for, even with Orlando Arcia in play, especially if Fozzie Albies is, you know, still four to six weeks away. So utility infielder could still definitely be a need for the Braves. And like I say, I do think that Robinson Cano's days are likely numbers in a Braves uniform as well. And, and, and just in general, the Braves offense has, you know, it has struggled. You're not going to see any major upgrades. But in terms of the Braves' starting rotation and also their bullpen, a reliable arm or two certainly could be valuable. Because at the end of the day, the Braves' starting rotation has definitely improved. You know, despite Ian Anderson, you, you, Spencer Strider looked excellent. Max Freed, despite the fact that he ran into a, a little bit of bad luck on Monday, he looked good overall. The Braves' starting rotation is fine. The Braves' bullpen is fine, especially with it seeming that Kirby Yates is close to perhaps joining the bullpen corps. Both of these options are fine, but a bit more certainty really could go a long way to help the Braves in terms of the structure and the approach and the planning when it comes to not only the second half of the season, but also when it comes to the postseason. So in my opinion, the need for arms still remains a bit higher of a priority than an outfielder or an infielder. You certainly would love to see the Braves go get at least one offensive piece. I do think that it's a possibility that the Braves do go get at least one addition for the, um, at least one arm and one bat. What does that look like, though? You know, do they prioritize the outfield? Do they prioritize the infield? Do they prioritize the bullpen or the starting pitching? 
Well, the crazy thing is, is that if you look at Alex Anthopoulos' past over the past few years, when it comes to the Braves, you may be able to find some hints as to what he could focus on at this year's trade deadline. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So a needed off day has arrived for the Braves, and of course there are now five days left until the 2022 MLB trade deadline. And again, as I had mentioned in the first segment, you know, we look at the fact that the Braves coming into, you know, the early part of July, the utility infield seemed to potentially be, you know, one area that the Braves could, you know, use some help. But since then, you know, a bit of inconsistency from the starting rotation. You know, question marks about the health of the bullpen. The Adam Duvall injury. You know, options trying to fill in for Ozzie Albies really not working. The Braves have multiple needs. They could use another arm in the starting rotation or the bullpen. They could use another outfield bat. And they could use another utility infielder. All those things could be of needs for the Braves. But the one thing that changes at this point in time versus in the past is that the Braves don't have a top farm system to deal from. You certainly don't expect for them, as I mentioned, you know, in yesterday's episode, you definitely don't expect for the Braves to enter any type of markets like a Juan Soto or, you know, even a, you know, potentially a Luis Castillo or, you know, someone along those lines because the Braves potentially would have to include some sort of significant major league talent to go after one of those players. I I don't see that happening. But what I do see happening is that there is a good chance the Braves will likely make multiple trades to address multiple needs. That has been a calling card of Alex Anthopoulos since he has arrived in Atlanta. Let's go back to the 2018 trade deadline. At that point in time, the Braves kind of did an all-encompassing trade opportunity in which they got a controlled bat in Adam Duvall, who has absolutely worked out better than many can have expected, though he had a very tough start to things in the second half of 2018. The Braves also got Kevin Gosman, who, you know, they were able to, you know, make kind of successful in the second half of the 2018 season. But of course, obviously, and now in time, though it was hard to see at the time, the Braves deciding to let Kevin Gosman walk, he eventually went on to become one of the best pitchers in baseball for the San Francisco Giants and now the Toronto Blue Jays. So obviously in the 2018 trade deadline, the Braves got a controllable arm and they got a controllable bat, though the immediate results were not that successful. Then in 2019 and 2021, we'll throw out 2020. You know, nobody wants to remember Tommy Malone. 
But the thing that I'll say is this, is that the shift from 2018 to 2019 and 2021 is that Alex Anthopoulos went away from adding an arm and adding a bat to basically retooling a certain aspect of the Braves. In 2019, it was going to get Mark Melanson, Chris Martin, and Shane Green. And in overnight, literally, Overnight, in early August, the Braves went from having one of the worst bullpens in baseball to having among the best bull, bullpens in baseball for the last two months of the season. And another key is, is that Alex Anthopoulos went out and got relievers who had extra years of control as well. So in back-to-back years, Alex Anthopoulos in 2018 and 2019 went out to get players he could control for multiple years, went out to get some players that he thought would do better in Atlanta than where they were, and also made sure to do it without having to give up a lot of prospect capital. Well, then in 2021, the focus shifted again. Alex Anthopoulos again went out to get players that it didn't cost a lot of prospect capital to get. He did go out to get players that he thought would perform better in Atlanta than where they were previously, but because there was a little bit more long-term established talent in Atlanta last year than in 18 and 19, he went after Reynolds. Jorge Soler, um, Jock Peterson, Eddie Rosario. Adam Duvall had one more year of control. Eddie Rosario eventually wound up staying. But Alex Anthopoulos, once again, shifted his focus to focus on, you know, players that were going to help then and now versus players that really were needed long term. And so now we arrive to 2022 and we see some themes that Alex Anthopoulos typically does like to have in place. He does like to go after players that he thinks are perhaps underperforming elsewhere and that could come to Atlanta and perform better. And we've seen a track record of Alex Anthopoulos doing very well in identifying players who not only potentially could do better in Atlanta than where they were previously, but have done better in Atlanta than where they were previously. So Alex Anthopoulos potentially could go after buy-low options that he would prefer to control. If he was able to do that, again, now with less overall prospect quality to use, he he could be able to find what he needs. But then again, this year, the needs are out there. You know, it's not like it is in 2019 and 2021. Alex Anthopoulos doesn't need to go basically retool a certain aspect of the Braves on the fly. The offense is doing quite well. The bullpen has been among the best in baseball. The starting pitching has been fine. This year, it's going to get depth. And so I think that if there is a trade deadline in the past, that maybe the best way to see how Alex Anthopoulos will approach this trade deadline, it was 2018. When he went out and got a starter, bought a starter low in Kevin Gosman, and also went out to get Adam Duvall. I don't necessarily know if we're going to see, you know, players, you know, controlled for multiple years that Alex Anthopoulos is going to get, both at, in the starting rotation and the outfield, I mean, you know, going into next year, you still already have Acuna Jr., Michael Harris, Ozuna, and Rosario all under contract. The need for multiple rentals in the outfield may not necessarily be there like it was last year. But at the end of the day, we've seen some themes, we've seen some characteristics that Alex Anthopoulos has maintained when it comes to targets he could potentially go after. And there are also some relevant trade partners, some of Alex Anthopoulos' favorite trade partners. Those teams, again, could be available to trade pieces to the Braves at the right place. You've got the Cubs, who the Braves have, you know, acquired Jesse Jesse um, Chavez from recently. They also got um, Jot Peterson from the Cubs. 
last year. You know the Cubs are out there potentially shopping Ian Happ, potentially shopping David Robertson. Don't necessarily know if the Braves would be willing to pay what it would cost to get Happ. We know that the Cincinnati Reds have, have Ty, Tyler Malley. They've got Brandon Drury. They've got Luis Castillo. The Braves have had made trades with them in the past. The Detroit Tigers, who the Braves got Shane Green from, they have relievers who are available. We know that Alex Anthopoulos has close relationships with the San Francisco Giants who potentially could shop players at the trade deadline as well. So not only are trends potentially going to stay the same, when Alex Anthopoulos makes moves on the margins, not only are there going to be trends from previous years that make sense for Alex Anthopoulos to prioritize again in 2022 when it comes to trade targets, several of his more consistent trade partners also logically could be sellers. So I do think that even without a farm system being ripe with talent to trade. And we've all talked about how Alex Anthopoulos has prioritized keeping his young talent, and it's been the absolute right decision, keeping his young talent instead of trading it away in the past. This time around, even without a lot of prospect capital, I do think that there is still a market out there for Alex Anthopoulos to make multiple moves, like he consistently has, two in 2018, three in 2019, what, six Last year, there is an opportunity for Alex Anthopoulos to make relevant, significant moves without giving up a lot of prospects that could help both the Braves' starting rotation or bullpen as well as their position player situation as well. It'll definitely be interesting to see and make sure you stick with the Battery Power Podcast Network for all the latest when it comes to rumors, when it comes to breakdowns, when it comes to potential players the Braves could go after. This is a fun time of the year for a lot of us baseball fans. I'll admit myself, the MLB trade deadline as well as the winter meetings, they're like Christmas. Come early. Hopefully this year we'll bring as much presence to the Braves as last year did and we'll get the same result in 2022 as we did in 2021. Hope you enjoy your day. Perhaps the Braves decide to strike while the iron's hot and make a move a bit early And make sure that you stay tuned to the Battery Power Podcast Network and BatteryPower.com for all the latest. You can find the Daily Hammer, Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, free on all podcast platforms. My name's Sean Coleman. We'll be back with you tomorrow talking about any of the latest rumors, some potential names to Bray that could really make sense for the Braves, and also previewing the series against the Diamondbacks on the Daily Hammer. Have a great one. We'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) 